0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now last week we started, we actually have been busy for the last two weeks about the topic about prayer. Now um, last week we we finished our previous sermon series called Stones uh, that we spoke about foundations. We finished the last sermon about prayer and then last week we started um, speaking about unlocking heaven. How many of you enjoyed last week's sermon? I mean, I'm still thinking and pondering about it. And if you haven't listened to it, go to our website. It's free on our website. You can just um, uh, go to resources, sermons, or you can go to our SoundCloud page um, or app, and you can download all the sermons or listen to it for free. And uh, and, uh, yeah it's uh, it's there for your benefit not for for ours so we want you to listen to it um so last week's sermon i started out with uh, speaking unlocking heaven prayers that unlock heaven prayers that unlock heaven now last week i stopped abruptly because i wanted to finish the sermon of last week it's actually a two-part series to um to to this unlocking heaven now, today is Father's Day, and I, I think I want to continue um, on where I stopped last week. Now, my title of my sermon today is not on there, but the title of my sermon is, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> Who's Your Daddy? Maybe quickly look to the person next to you and say, Who's Your Daddy? Because it's very important today to ask that. My, my, for my kids, is very easy. They know exactly who their daddy is. But I'm going to talk about a different daddy this morning um, in terms of that. Now, if you've asked this question to anyone, if I asked this question, who's your daddy, to anyone here today, I would get some different answers. Different answers. Some would answer with tears, like Clarisa have just answered. Some would answers answer with smiles. But some would also answer with anger in their hearts. But no matter in what light we will answer that question, there's something significant in having... And being a father, for those are our fathers today. There's something significant in having a daddy, a father. Now, I read this illustration about this well-known politician, diplomat, um, well-known in America, and he kept a diary. And I read the story of him, and he said one day he entered into his diary. He said, "Went fishing with my son today. What a day wasted." And his son, on the other hand, also kept a diary. And on that same day, he had an entry as a young boy. He had the entry was, went fishing with my dad today, the best day of my life. Now, the father thought that he was wasting his time. And on the other end, the boy saw it as an investment of time. Big difference. See the the only one. So the only way to tell the difference between wasting and investing, um, wasting and investing is to know one's true identity and purpose in life. Am I wasting it, or am I investing in something? Now, in the last two weeks, we we spoke about Jesus. Um, the disciples of Jesus came to Jesus, and and where the disciples asked Jesus, "Teach us how to pray." Matthew 6, so we'll get there now. Teach us how to pray. But when, Jesus, when the disciples asked Jesus to, help, uh, to teach them to pray, they were looking for a formula to influence heaven. Remember last week? That's all they wanted. They didn't ask Jesus to pray because they didn't know how to pray. They were Jewish boys. They grew up with a culture of praying all these things. But what they wanted is they saw Jesus praying and things happening. And suddenly you say, but Jesus, teach us how to pray. Lord, actually what they said, Jesus, teach us the formula to pray and to influence heaven. Teach us to pray and bring heaven to earth. See, they only wanted the the formula to influence heaven. How many of us, if there were a formula like that, would like a formula like that? Well, I can just pray and a miracle happens. Are you actually saying that? No, no, come on. Let's be honest. Lord, I, I just want to pray in a new car in my garage. Because I'm trusting you for a new car. I want to pray and my, my food cupboards are full. I want, to, I want a formula to just pray something and see a miracle, bring heaven to it, to influence a miracle. That's what the disciples wanted. But Jesus had something different in mind, <laughs> something way different. See, he wanted to teach them from what perspective. They can unlock heaven. You see, through their lives, I, I said um, last week, said, "Jesus our inner, our, the Holy Spirit is in us, but he wants to live through us. He doesn't just want to be in you. He wants to live through you. He wants to do miracles through you. He wants to live through you and do great things through you. And Jesus wanted them to teach them from that perspective, from that perspective, I need you to pray and live by. You see, Jesus wanted them to realize this, that effective prayer brings heaven to earth, but it is all about intimacy, not performance. It is all about resting, not striving. It is all about faith, not formula, and it is about relationship, not religion. See, Jesus said, it is not performance, it is not striving, it is not formula, it is not religion, but what prayer really is, is intimacy. It is resting, it is faith, it is relationship. That is what it is. See, Jesus taught his disciples that influencing heaven to come to earth comes from intimacy through relationship in knowing God as a father. That's what he said. See, you want to bring heaven to earth? You need to know God in a relational way. And in that relational way, you need to know God as a father. Now, let's go back to, to Matthew 6, like um, we've looked at last week. It says the following. Then, this is then how you should pray. Jesus speaking to the disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we know the Scripture. But reading the scripture, most of us only see on earth as it is in heaven, right? Because we've been preaching about it. We want to bring earth to uh, heaven to earth. We want to focus on that. Lord, how do we do that? But most of us miss how Jesus started this prayer. Our Father. Our Father in heaven. You see, Jesus instructed his disciples to pray from a secret place to our Father. Our Father. Now, if you look at the, 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 the Bible, you'll see that, that the Bible referred to God as our Father 12 times in the Old Testament. 12 times. But Jesus referred to God as His Father His Father, 150 times in the New Testament. And over 30 times, he, he, oh, sorry, He spoke about His Father 150 times, and He spoke about our Father about over 30 times in the New Testament. He brought in a whole new concept of seeing God in a different light. Now for us to really catch this, to really catch this, we need to understand the difference between a Jewish way of prayer and the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. (laughs) Because there's a big difference. And if you understand this difference today, there's going to be something that shifts in terms of how you see God as the Father. You see, the Jews always addressed God as the, the Father. The Father. Now, in the, and, and last week I spoke about this prayers: The Kaddish, the uh, Amidah, the, the um, Sehra. Um, there was a, a lot of Jewish prayers. Now, the Kaddish was a couple of prayers that, that they prayed a prayer of blessing over them. There was a wedding Kaddish, uh, uh, a Sabbath Kaddish, a uh, Passover Kaddish, all those. And then you had the Amidah, which was about a seven-page prayer that you had to recite word for word for word, if you get it wrong you have to go back to the beginning and you have to recite this word for word for word to get a prayer of blessing that's what it is but but they will always address God as the Father the Father, but Jesus did something out of the ordinary totally out of the ordinary and he started praying by addressing God as our Father one little word that changed a lot Now, the thought of addressing God as our Father was a huge deal. Huge deal in the Jewish culture. (laughs) Massive. For any Jew to just say that God was our Father was considered blasphemous. That, That means that if you speak about God as your Father, you could be stoned to death in the street without anybody asking questions. Cheers. That's how severe this was. The, did you know that this was one of the big reasons why the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus? The big reasons. L- look at the scripture. It says, John 5, 18 says, So the Jewish leaders tried, to, uh, tried all the harder to find a way to kill him, for he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, therefore making himself equal with God. These guys were furious that Jesus spoke about his Father. Now, now, now listen to this. The disciples come, so they need a formula from Jesus. Lord, teach us how to pray and just influence heaven quickly. Oh, we want that. And Jesus said, let me change your mind. Let me change the way you think about prayer. Let me change your perspective of these things. Let me show you a prayer. Our Father... I think when he said, our Father, the Jewish boys, the disciples, all were trained in Jewish culture. They knew the kaddishes, all those prayers that they had to recite word for word for word. And suddenly Jesus came and he said, start your prayer like this, our Father. I think they almost fell off their chairs. Literally, it's like, what? See, to the Jews, God was the Father of all creation. The Father of all creation. The originator of man and everything in his world. That's how the Jews see God, or saw God. See, God was therefore seen as the Father, for He was higher than us. That's, that's how the, 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 the definition for that in the Hebrew text is. He is higher than us, and that's how we see Him. And from that relationship with God, they, they saw their relationship with Him. From that viewpoint of God is higher than us, We can't get close to him. He is the originator of everything. He is the mystic being in the air. From that perspective, do we have a relationship with him? Does it make sense? So from their perspective, for someone to call God their own personal father, (laughs) it meant that you were not human, that you were as God. You were God from their perspective. So Jesus said, our father, that are in heaven, my father, See, but Jesus, without any hesitation, called God his own father. Why? Because Jesus knew who his daddy was. (laughs) He knew. He knew who his daddy was. He knew who his father was. In fact, Jesus called God his own father, which actually stated that he was from divine origin. And he was not from this world. He was not. Listen to John 1, verse 12. It says, yet, now Jesus speaking, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, looking at this, if you are born again, we become like Jesus. We become like Jesus. And we become this, therefore, from divine origin. See, that's the, that's exactly what the scripture says. If you are born again, that means that you are not from us. You are from divine origin. You are just like Jesus. See, we literally became God's children when we have all the right. Uh, sorry, and we have all the rights and privileges that goes with that status. If we are born again, we become like Jesus. That's why Jesus said, you will do greater works than I have done because you will become from divine origin. You will not be seen as in spirit as human, but as sons of God. You see, we literally became God's children the day you gave your life to Him. It's got a much bigger meaning than we think. Look what Paul said in Romans 8. Paul said, in Romans 8.15, it says, So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Now do you know that word Abba? Abba Father is, is an, an, an affectionate term that the young children in the Hebrew culture use to, to speak to their fathers. Abba. And, and today, it's basically the same term as daddy, daddy, Abba. And I think in certain languages, they still use Abba as the word for father. But if you, if you really understand this term, it breaks something open. See, it was, it was from that understanding that Jesus taught his disciples, from that understanding of seeing God as the Abba, as their father, from this understanding, he said, let me teach you first things first. Before we get to heaven invades earth, let's get to our Father. And if you understand our Father, you will understand the power how to influence the kingdom to come. He wanted them to pray from a place of our Father, my Father. See, when, when, when we as Christians start to know God as the Father, then we will start to understand who He is who we are as children, as his children, and we will finally begin to understand our identity. It is identity is everything. If I ask any young person who I've worked with for so many years, and or any person, eighty plus years, I was like, "Who are you?" There would be different answers. Some people say, "Well, this is my ID. This is who I am." No, that's not who you are. Your ID doesn't show your identity. It just shows your name and who you are identified by. But what is our true identity? You see, our identity, it is out of our identity that we have access. You, get, you have, need to get this. Out of our identity that we gain access. It is out of our access that we have intimacy. And it is out of intimacy that we can release through authority, what we have accessed. <laughs> so oh, you will get it now, and it's and it's from a place of authority that results in influence. Now, let me show you quickly. See, if you know your identity, you gain access to more of God. And if you have the access of more of God, then suddenly there is intimacy with Him that you've never had. And out of that place of intimacy with the Father, now you can release through authority what you prayed about. And because you have that authority, now suddenly you can influence heaven to come to earth. Now, if you don't know your identity, you, you don't know who you are in God, that brings a big problem. Because the disciples, they had no idea who they were in God. They had no idea that the spiritual identity that they had. That's why they wanted to jump right to the bottom to, Lord, show us the prayer that we can show authority and influence heaven. But they didn't know their identity. They did, therefore, they didn't have access to the heavenly, powerful, amazing thing that God wanted to give them. There was no intimacy with the Father. And because there was no intimacy, they couldn't release authority. Do you see the, the importance of identity? Do you see that everything starts with identity? See, it all begins in knowing God as our true Father. If you don't know God, truly know Him from a place of intimacy, how would you pray differently? See, the result of not knowing God as our Father is relating to God as a servant. It's, it's straight up like that. If you don't know God as your father, you will be a servant in the house of God. You will be a servant. You will relate to God as a servant. You see, servants do not have the same privileges as sons and daughters. They don't. They don't. See, Jesus said in John 15, l- listen to this. He said, I have never called you servants Because the master doesn't confine in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate, cherished friends. The Passion passion Translation. It says, my most intimate, cherished friends. Now, it's like, but he he doesn't say he calls you sons. He just says he calls you a friend. Mm -hmm. But if you went to the Hebrew text... That word, intimate friend, actually means the following. It's translated straight from the Hebrew to the following. Those cared for from the womb. Intimate friend. Those cared for from the womb. That sounds, for me, it sounds like a son or a daughter. You see, you can say, but I call you my sons and daughters. That I cared for you from the womb. I cared about you. I love you. Now in all the Gospels and the New Testament books, if you go through all of these, you will see over and over and over and over how the apostles called us children of God. You see, children have greater access to the Father's house than servants. Now we need to get this this morning. Children have greater access in, in their Father's house than any servant has. Am I right? I mean, that's yeah. if, if your servant have more rights than your children in your house, then you need to let me come and pray for you because there's seriously something wrong. You see, children have greater access in their father's house. Now, when we got married, me and Salome, she did her final year in, in, in music. I had to catch her when she was still young. Um, <laughs> She, would, she did the final year in music, and I was a campus missionary on campus. Um, and, uh, and so it was actually amazing. While she was doing classes, I was on campus. But the great thing about me being on campus is that my parents were on campus themselves. My dad worked for university. But they were um, almost house deans, so high spa and math for two uh, dormitories, for men's dormitories. So, and my mum was the matron for two or both of those, those men's dormitories. So they lived on campus in a nice house close to me. So I would pop in to the house unannounced with no appointment. Just pop in and uh, just help myself with some food and coffee and just hang in the house. And it was lovely. You know, for me, it was always, I mean, I can just run over if I'm hungry. I can just walk over. But see, I didn't have to make an appointment or a reservation to go there. I would just pop in. no. You see, sons do not have to make reservations to come to their father's house. They don't. They can just come in. They can just access the father's house. See, sons have permanent access to their father's house. I mean, I wouldn't call my dad and say, hey, dad, um, I'm on my way. I'm here at the door, actually. Um, Can I come in? I mean, my dad would say, are you okay? Are you sick? And if I get to my dad's house, I, wouldn't, I don't ask him, I say, hey dad, I'm quite hungry. Is it okay if I have a dry piece of toast? Just, just uh, That's all I need. Just. He would look at me it's like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> just go and dive into the refrigerator. Cue, I mean, just help yourself. Then later on, my dad realized, I mean, he made a mistake. Just like I literally, <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my, my mom had to go, and, so I had to go to my dad's like, Listen, are you eating more than you? it's like because I cleared out the refrigerator? <laughs> I just helped myself and I was like one of four. My 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 sisters was, was in the house already, also still in the house. But but what I wanted to get is a son have permanent access to his father's house. Permanent. There's no appointment, there's no um, I need to make a reservation to go to my father's house. No, there is a permanent reservation set up. I'm VIP. But see if the cleaners comes into my dad's house at seven o'clock on Saturday morning, making a noise, lying on the couch, making a sandwich. I mean, my dad will walk out, and say, "Listen, please, listen, please go out, make a reservation, and come to a to, uh, come at a time when it's more convenient for me." I mean, come on, all of us would do that. I mean, that's that's just how it is different from a son to a slave or a servant. You see, sons can come into their father's house at any time, while servants can only access God's presence on Sundays. See, so I, I had to think about that line a bit before I wrote it. Sons can come into God's presence anytime. But servants only are allowed into God's presence on Sundays. So how many times do we float through life? And think, I'll get to God's presence on Sunday. I'll go to church. But if you really understand your identity in who you are as a son of God, that means that you have full-time access into the presence of God. No matter where you go, you can have the roughest, toughest, weirdest time of your life where you struggle through the toughest things. You're still a son and a daughter. You have full-time access to the presence of the Father. You see, sons can help themselves into the father's refrigerator to anything, while servants can only get what is handed to them because of the work they've done. See, as a son, I can—I uh, mean, I can raid my dad's refrigerator. Come on, all the sons. Come on, I know you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I would go and I would help myself. Yeah. <laughs> all the good stuff. But see, servants get, get handed to them what they've worked for. How many of us come to church and we want to work and do and perform and do things and we want to be a Christian where we perform and work and work and work and work so that we can get? See, it's a different perspective if you turn that thing on his head to know your identity that I can have this, the, the, the worst day of my life and I can still walk into his house, open the refrigerator and eat. And nourish myself. You see, sons have access through their identity. Servants gain access through works. Should I say that again? Sons have access because of their identity. Servants gain access through their works. Through their works. They had to gain access, work for access. See, no matter how big the impossibility is, we gain access because we are sons. No matter what you're facing today, no matter how tough, how impossible, how things you are looking at today, that we gain access because we are sons. We don't have to work together in miracle. We can step into that place as a son of a God, as, as a son of God, and know that in my dad's house, everything is possible. Everything. You see, no matter how big the impossibility is, God is in control. I remember when we were running the campus ministry in Potts, where Lena and Louis were there, and I don't know if you were part of all that, but we sent teams to the hospitals weekly to go and pray at the hospital, and, and we see many miracles. Were you part of that? Some of you went to that, yes. And, um, and it was different teams. I, we, I didn't go every week, but I went as much as I could. And, and, and we see many miracles. I remember I walked into the, the hospital one day and we, we were just, at the, the beginning, we went to that state hospital. We couldn't find our way and we got lost. And I walked into this little ward with like four women and his nurses all over. And I had this first-year student with me and um, he's never done this. So I said, okay, let's just pray for the first lady. And I walked up and she was, I could see she was drugged uh because she, she had a lot of pain but she was lying and i i the nurse walked by and we usually organized with them to pray for the for the patients i said what's wrong with her and as she walked by I said oh she's paralyzed and she walked just walked out i was like Ooh. okay and we started praying for her and after a minute she started wiggling her toes <laughs> and the first year students eyes went like this what just happened And we started seeing major miracles and and my my, my faith in terms of being a son and seeing the impossible becoming possible was in such a, I I mean, I was loving just seeing the more of God. Seeing when I pray and heaven comes to earth and I remember we had some pastors from America coming and and uh, our senior leader asked me to take the four guys to the hospital, and we're going to pray for some people, and I went there. We came there, and they've never been to a rural hospital like a state hospital. It's like a, a war zone in certain areas in the hospital. I mean, it's people lying in the in the hallways. It is it's not fun, and um, so I went there, and I thought, let's go to the easy ward. Let's go to the men's ward where the guys are sick, or they've got a, a operation, or this, and we'll pray for them. It's, it's just a easier ward to go through so we walked in and as things happened we got lost again in the hospital it was a big hospital and we were looking it's up and down one level and later on i've passed the staff member he said listen where's the men's ward and he said no just next door left it's okay finally went there next door left walking there's like um 15 guys lying in beds and um and we just walked into the first guy and i was like hey how are you? We pastors. Uh, we want to pray for you. And the guy's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, and in the first sentence of me praying, I realized this was the blind ward. <laughs> this was all the guys were blind, and this guy had such severe cataracts over his eyes he could literally not see. And um, so now I'm listen. I'm I've I've seen. How when you gain that access, you're in a place of intimacy. you're loving what God does, and you, you understand the authority that God has given. I started praying, and within 30 seconds, the God started shouting that we need to clear, clear, uh, close the curtains. I thought, dude, the room are like dark, there is no curtains. And I realized that God opened his eyes in 30 seconds. And he could only see figures. So we prayed again and he started seeing more clearer and clearer. The four pastors from America never seen a miracle like this. I've never seen a miracle like this. And we just started seeing more and more. And as we prayed for the first guy, the second guy was totally blind. Ended up praying for him. He started seeing 80, 70 to 80%. Started praying and praying and praying. They started catching this thing because they saw the identity of where we're praying from. They saw where the access came from. Suddenly, they realized, wow, this is from a place of intimacy. Let's release this authority. And suddenly, they started influencing heaven. And they started praying. And then guys started seeing. I think from the whole ward, about more than 50% received their sight back. I walked out of it and I realized, Lord, you are the God of the impossible. We just need to gain access to the bigger, the more of God. I mean, I was shaking in my pants. I I mean, to be honest, I was like, Lord, couldn't you have given us easier ones? (laughs) And we had some tough times in that hospital, really tough times, where we see tougher things and and where, where miracles didn't happen. But through every one of those things, I realized how my identity functions in that place. How we do, how, why we do what we do. Look at Luke 12. It says, Luke 12, 32, it says, So don't be afraid, little flock. This is Jesus saying this. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So when we pray for others and God starts influencing th- situations around you through the access that you have in heavenlies because of your intimacy with God, with because of your authority, it gives God great. Pleasure, great pleasure to see how you just step out, just be who God has called you to be. See, part of Jesus' effectiveness in releasing the kingdom was the directly, to be directly connected to the intimate time he had with the Father. Remember two sermons back? If the disciples were looking for Jesus, he was gone. Early in the morning, rising, spending time with the Father. Why? Because he had such a value of spending time with the Father in intimacy. He was longing for that place of intimacy. That's what he did. And from that place of intimacy, the disciples saw, wow, you're spending all this time with the Father. We want more of that. We want more of that. And later on, as Jesus taught them how to pray, they realized, oh, we got the perspective right, the wrong side. I almost said right side wrong. We need to focus on our intimacy with the Father first. Look at John 14, verse 10 to 11. It says, Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me, now Jesus speaking? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just just believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. Jesus comes and says, I am the Father, the Father is in me. You see, he's speaking from a place of intimacy with the Father. He said, if you don't believe that I've got intimacy with the Father, then at least believe the miracles I'm doing. Because this miracle only comes from one place, and it comes from a place of intimacy with the Father. See, it was out of that place of intimacy with the Father that Jesus was able to influence heaven to come to earth. And that's what he wanted the disciples to learn and to know where he comes from. For those of us who have kids... This morning, and my kids are here this morning. I didn't know they were here, but anyway, <laughs> we—I'll—I'll uh, I'll, I'll share some some insights. But for those of you who have kids, kids love to snuggle. We love to snuggle with them. Now, it, our kids love to snuggle; they—they they love. But we, as they grew up, the twins, they grew up not sleeping in our bed. They slept in our own bed. I said to my, we had to, we had to strict routines that we had with them, and because they were two, not one, and. Um, but and they always went to bed in their own beds. And I know some parents get their kids in their own bed and they sleep with them. And now our kids slept in their own beds. But as all kids is, they have nightmares or they have sleep issues or they they, they can't fall asleep and they come crawl into our bed, which is amazing. We love it. <laughs> but as they got bigger, it got a bit of a more a bit of a challenge. Now, you would you would. Wake up in the morning on the side of the bed, sore neck. My wife's overheating because all the kids are over her. And she's warm. And and it's just interesting. But you know, as a father, I don't care because I love to snuggle with my kids. I love it. Although my neck is a bit sore and I'm on the edge of my bed. And I don't have the big bed. I I said to my wife, we need a bigger bed. So that we can (laughs) snuggle with the kids. But see... As amazing as it is, sometimes we need to realize that the father wants to snuggle with us. He wants to snuggle with us. I mean if I'm, it's the same if i 'm on my couch and, I'm, and, and and I remember if i 'm on a couch I 'm watching a movie, they would come sit next to me, sometimes always on top of me, holding me. They love to snuggle. it 's just kids. But see if Mr., the Mr. Delivery guy comes into my living room into my TV. And he throws his arm around me, th- swung his leg over my leg, <laughs> let his head rest on my chest for some snuggle love, you know. I mean, I would go, what? You get out of my house, what are you doing here? I mean, all of us would think like that. Or the pizza guy, worse. Why? Because he's not a son. You see, he's a servant in my house and only children get to snuggle. Only children get to snuggle. Our Heavenly Father wants to snuggle with you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants you in that place of His presence where He wants more of you. He wants to be intimate with us in that secret place where you meet Him every morning or every evening. But yet, so many believers struggle with confidence to come closer to God in His presence. And if I ask anyone to, to close their eyes and put your hand up, I think there will be many hands up I was like, I am sometimes struggle to gain that access into His presence. Because I'm, I'm not feeling confident. There's some guilt or some shame that's keeping me back from truly pursuing the presence that God has. Uh, the, the, or coming into God's presence. See, that's why it's so important for us to know who we are. To know who we are. Knowing our identity as sons and daughters brings us into God's presence with what? With Confidence. With confidence. See, if I, we, you come and, and we pray for people and you see a miracle, I was like, oh, that's amazing. By the third, second, third, fourth, fifth miracle, your confidence is different from the first one to the last one. Your confidence in what? For God coming and showing up, being a father to that person. See, my kids know they can come to me anytime. because my door is open. They can always cry on my shoulder, sit on my lap. Why? Because I love that. I love that when my kids do that. Because I'm their father. And that's exactly the heart of the, for the Father God for you. He wants you to come and sit on his lap, to rest on his shoulder, to cry, laugh, sometimes shout. Because his door is open to us. Now we can say as I'm finishing that that Jesus started his earthly ministry with confidence, right? He started confident. I mean he started with big miracles of the gun. But there was a very significant thing that happened right before he went into ministry. He was baptized. Now look what happened at his baptism, and this is so amazing. One of my favorite scriptures. He says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. Some scripture says the heavens were torn open. Um, And he he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven, God, said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy joy. See, Jesus heard his father say, this was an audible voice. He said, this is my loved son. You bring me great joy. You bring me great joy. Now before this, Jesus started his ministry. Before this, he didn't do any miracle. He didn't change the world. He didn't drive out demons. He did nothing. I know there was the water into wine. But before that, nothing great. But God was already pleased at him. You see, some of us as Christians, we want to do, 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 do things so that God can be pleased at us so we can do more. And God comes and He says, you don't have to do anything. I'm pleased at you. You bring me great joy. You bring me great joy. Maybe some of us are sitting here today and you feel a longing to unlock heaven with your prayers and with your life and you want to see more miracles But you feel insecure before the Father. We feel insecure as a man or a a woman or as a a child or son or daughter of God. We feel insecure. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel ashamed. And because of that, you miss that true identity that God has called us as sons with no reservation, with no prerequisite. There's no prerequisite that says you have to do all these things and then you can be my son. Before Jesus did anything. God says, you bring me great joy. And if God shows up here today, He would look at you in the worst week of your life, in the worst day of your life and says, you bring me great joy. I love you. I love you. What a great example. But today the Father is calling you to shake that off. To shake off that insecurity, that guilt feeling, that shamefulness feeling. To shake it off and step up to that place of confidence to approach Him as the Father. And not the Father, but our Father. My Father. See, God is not a Father in a religious way. He is our Father in an absolute relational way where intimacy is the focus point. The focus point for us to see more. See, some of us want to do, do, do all the things right. Lord, if I serve 10 years, if I read my Bible 10 times, if I do this, if I pray this every day, if I do this, then maybe you will show up if I pray and trust you for a miracle. Sound familiar? So all God wants is, I just want to be intimate with you. I want you to come and sit on my lap, man. To come and snuggle with me. To rest your chest, on, uh, your head on my chest and just listen to my heartbeat for you to come and see that you are a son and a daughter, and it's out of that identity that through that place, I want to release heaven to come to earth through your life. I want that for you. See, God says, I want you to know that I'm your daddy. I am your daddy. I know you've got an earthly father, which is fantastic, but I am your daddy. I am your Father. And out of that place of intimacy with the Father, you will see the great things. We see the great things. When we pray, we see how heaven unlocks. And heaven comes to earth in your life. See, when I come and I've got, I'm struggling through anxiety or maybe struggling through a financial crisis in my life or, or job loss or, or relational issues with my family, Emotions come and blind our eye from our true identity as sons of God. And whenever we are blinded by our true identity, we struggle to rise above the emotions and the feelings and the struggles and the, the impossibilities that we face. But as soon as we step up to the standard that God has called us to, to live, on, that says, I am living as a son of God. As a daughter of the living God that says, when I'm stepping up to that plate, I don't have to feel insecure. I don't have to feel shameful or guilty. And if you feel shameful or guilty, just bring it before the Lord and you would see how the daddy that you love will embrace you and forgive you. And from that place, he would say, I want to give you everything that your heart desires. I want to give you everything. See, it's from us knowing God as our true Father, that we can release His kingdom. And we want to release His kingdom, amen? We want to release His kingdom to to every place around us. We want to release His kingdom to our workplace, our families, our finances. I want to release His kingdom. And it's in His kingdom where impossibilities become possible. Where the, the toughest things that you face in your life It comes later the biggest testimonies in God. I want to invite you this morning not to miss this moment with the Father. I want to pray with you this morning as we finish. And won't you stand with me and then I'll pray. So Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Father, that that we know that that life is sometimes tough and things are, are heating up around us, Father. But we know that when we are in your lap, when we are in your presence, when we know that you are with us, we know that everything is possible. Father, I thank you this morning that as we are praying right now that you would change our perspective of who you are. That that we are not servants in your kingdom but we are sons of God. We have total access, permanent access without reservation, without appointment. We have access into your kingdom, into your presence and on your lap for snuggle. And Father, I pray that you change our perspective here this morning. Where we maybe looked at our relationship with you as the Father. I pray that you change it this morning to my Father. Our Father. A place of intimacy. A place of of love. place where there's not i have to do before i get but a place where where we can step into a relationship into a place of intimacy with you where we can gain access to our identity and the access will lead us to authority and it's from that place of authority father that we can influence heaven through every prayer that we do but it all starts with a place of identity and intimacy with you and Father, I pray that there might be some of us here this morning that has lost that place of true intimacy with you, that place of, of, of feeling that we need to gain that access. Father, I pray that, that you will change our perspective here this morning. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.